Our scripture this morning comes from Romans. We're going to begin in chapter 7, verse 21, and go through chapter 8, verse 1. Again, that's Romans chapter 7. We'll begin in verse 21. As you're turning to it this morning, um, we're going to spend the next 12 weeks in Romans chapter 8. So we're only we're doing a little bit of 7 today. I'll explain why in a minute. Uh, but we're going to spend 12 weeks in Romans 8. Uh, Romans is my favorite book of the Bible. I've been holding off for four and a half years in getting into it, into some sermons. Uh, because I know if I did, if you thought going through Acts took a long time, um, we would be in Romans uh, probably for the next 10 years. Uh, so I won't do that to you. We'll take small bites. We're going to be in Romans 8. Now, we're also entering the sixth month of this pandemic. Uh, since March when everything started shutting down. And we've been shut down, sequestered, quarantined, opened back up, re-quarantined, kind of opened, new rules, new normal, wondering if anything will ever return to the way it was. And for at the beginning, we, we had some hope, right? It, this thing will be over in a couple weeks. Everything will come back. It'll be fine. But now that it's month six, and we don't know if things are going good or if things are going bad. We don't know if this is going to last a couple more weeks or even a couple years. And, and we can begin to hang our head and, and, and become a bit downtrodden in uh, this life that we're living now because it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel normal. And, and so the reason we're in Romans 8 for the next 12 weeks is because it talks about life in the Spirit. We've been hitting the gospel really hard as to what it means that we are saved by Jesus Christ through faith in him. And, and so now uh, Romans 8 does a really good job of being encouraging and comforting during this time to, to, to bring us up. And we'll see how Paul talks about the Holy Spirit here in the word of God and, and how richly it will bless us. And so let's do just that. Let's hear Paul's words, beginning in chapter 7, verse 21. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God, in my inner being. But I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, who is our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And here ends the reading of God's holy word. Let us go to him in prayer. O oh, holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O oh God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Verse 1 of chapter 8. There is the, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. 
Say it again. There is therefore now no condemnation of any kind for those who are in Christ Jesus. This is the good news, folks. This is why we get up singing hallelujahs and praise God. This is why we sing the song, praise your name forevermore. Because there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. This is why we gather and say we celebrate the gospel. Because the verdict has been rendered upon our life as adopted. Not guilty. And this is where Paul starts off in the life in the Holy Spirit. This is what it means that Jesus died on the cross, that his work and grace is sufficient for us. It's that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, the reason we started off in chapter 7, why not start off with that? Well, the reason we start off in chapter 7 is because Paul throws that word in there, therefore, right? Therefore, so we kind of have to know a little bit about what Paul was talking about before he gets to this point to fully understand the magnitude of what he's saying. Now, if we, to, to be honest, to be completely faithful with it, though, we need to go all the way back to chapter 1, verse 1. But as I told you, we don't want to spend the 10 years getting to here. So we're going to start here. This is the encouragement we need, the comfort we need in this moment. And so we traveled a little bit back into chapter 7. But it's here in verse 1 that we hear those comforting words, those encouraging words spoken into our life. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. To be condemned To have condemnation upon us is to be filled with public disapproval and punishment. And in this case, from God. But Paul assures us, those who are in Christ Jesus, there is no such thing. How can this be possible? If you've been coming for a while, if you've been reading your Bible for a while, you you know that Scripture is clear. That we are born sons and daughters of Adam. That we are born a sinner. Guilty. Paul writes earlier in Romans chapter 3, verse 21, For all sin and fall short. And just before that, he quotes the psalmist who says, No one does good, not one is righteous. No one seeks after God. This is who we are when we are born. And the sentence we deserve when we stand before the judge, when he slams his gavel down, we deserve to hear guilty. Yet what we hear Because of Christ, when that gavel hits that wood, we hear in God, our Father's most loving voice, adopted. You are his, now and forevermore, not condemnation. 
And this is a shocking judgment to, to be adopted in a moment when we deserve to be sentenced to condemnation. And it only comes to those who are in Christ Jesus, for he is our only refuge. He is our only stronghold in this life, our only hope. See, as Paul writes this letter to the church in Rome, it's one of the churches he didn't found, but a church that he hopes to go visit, a church that's also wealthy by standards of many other churches, one that he hoped to raise money from to go to mission to Spain and start churches there by spreading the gospel. And so Paul is writing this letter to the Romans, to people who are fellow believers, but ones he doesn't personally know. And so as he writes this letter, he presents the full treatise of the gospel. And he presents it in a binary way, meaning you're either part of one or the other. There's only two options. You're, we are either in Adam or we are in Christ. These are the options Paul lays out for everyone, for every breathing person on earth. We are all either in Adam or we find ourselves in Christ. See, when we are born, we're all born into Adam. To be in Christ Jesus requires that second birth, that spiritual birth. To be born again, as Jesus said, to have our faith put in him. Earlier in this letter, Paul writes in chapter 5, verse 18, Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. That one trespass was Adam's in the garden, and it led to the condemnation of all men. And the one righteous that leads to justification, that leads to life, it's Jesus Christ. It's him perfectly living, perfectly obedient, even to death on the cross. And Paul tells us it's really simple to go from being in Adam to being in Christ. All it is is faith. He says, it's by faith we have been justified by faith in Christ, by faith alone. It really is that simple. It's by your faith in Christ, you're no longer condemned in Adam, but are adopted by the Father. By your faith in Christ, his righteousness is imputed. It's, it's put on you. Jesus, it, it, it's as if Jesus literally takes his righteousness and puts it on you. And when the Father sees you on that day in glory, he sees not your mistakes, not your faults, not your failures, but he sees the perfectness of Christ. And he looks at you with all of the glory and all of the love in him and says, well done, good and faithful servants. And it's not because of anything we did. It's because of Christ. Because he put it on you. Because while he hung on the cross, he put on your sins. 
and he bore our punishment. Now, many of us, we, we know these things. We know them in our mind, and, and, and we even believe them. And yet, we find ourselves still struggling with sin in our lives, stumbling and, and tripping and, and wondering, are we ever going to be worthy enough? Will we ever be good enough for him? Wondering if every time I mess up, do I have to pay a price in order to get back in the good graces of God? Is there some penance that I have to pay? And this is why we look at chapter 7 when we start. So we can hear the words of Paul, the apostle Paul. He writes, so I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being. But I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. And he cries out, wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? This is Paul the Apostle crying out. He himself struggling with his own sin, his own unworthiness. See, conversion doesn't happen and poof, you're perfect and will never sin again. No more struggles in your life. That's not how any of this works. But rather, it's upon our conversion. Our eyes have been opened to all of our sinful self and our sinful nature and the Holy Spirit living and dwelling in us, convicting us, guiding our steps towards repentance, towards the holiness God calls us to be. See, Paul knew, he understood his own worthiness of salvation. Yet when we read his words, we notice that he doesn't go looking to himself to make the solution as to how he can pull himself back up to go make himself right with God, but rather understanding his position and understanding who Christ is. He says, thanks to God the Father through Jesus Christ. He turns to Jesus. And here's why. Because there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Right now, right now in this moment, even when you are feeling the weight of your own sinfulness, right now, even if you stumbled and tripped this morning, this past week, right now, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation from God to you. For by your faith, for by Christ's good works on the cross, the verdict has already been rendered and God does not change it. No condemnation for you. Not guilty. Adopted. Beloved. His sons, his daughters. Now, 
This doesn't mean we get to go live a life full of sin. We don't get to go on sinning saying, well, I have Jesus, but I enjoy my sin too. Jesus isn't some in case of emergency break this glass. This isn't a game we're playing that we can use Jesus as a get out of jail free card. He's either our everything or he's nothing. For God still calls us to holiness. God still calls us into repentance immediately. Not when we believe it's most convenient for us in our lives. But the Holy Spirit is there giving us new life, convicting us, opening our eyes and saying, turn to Jesus. Always turn to Jesus. And sometimes in our life, we'll face refining or discipline. And it's not punishment. Discipline and refining are different than punishment. This is God working on us to fashion us into a piece of his glory. Because by faith in Christ, it's already been settled. If you could lose your salvation, you would have already done it. But the verdict has already been rendered, and it's true now and forevermore. For it was Jesus on the cross who bore your punishment, the weight of our sin. See, in our, in our own living, before we knew Jesus, before we were in Christ Jesus, there was no real battle. There was no real war raging on. We didn't know things of a spiritual warfare. Now, occasionally our conscience may have spoke up and, and we had some pangs there with how we were living or something we were doing or that was going on. But for the most part, our life was ruled by sin. And we had peace. Peace like a graveyard. But it was that moment we were born again. That moment when we were given new life in Christ. That the war began. So don't worry, dear Christian. Do not think that because you struggle with sin that you are not saved by Jesus. For what has happened is your once peaceful life filled with sin, you have been invaded by God to go and establish his kingdom of Jesus Christ in your heart, in your lives. And so now the battle wages on. It's from that moment on that we become aware and convicted to turn from our sin. And we understand the wretchedness that we are. But he's already announced by coming and establishing the kingdom of Jesus in your heart, no condemnation, not guilty. Your struggle with sin is a sign of your conversion. It's a sign you've been saved. It's when you become okay with your sin that you should worry. 
And so this morning, listen close. May these words be etched on your heart. In those times when you need comfort, rest, peace, and encouragement. There is therefore now no condemnation for you who is in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah and amen. Let us go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that you sent your Son to die on that cross, that he took on all the stains, all the sins of our life, past, present, and future. He bore the weight of the punishment we deserved. And in that same moment, he put on us his righteousness. And you rendered us adopted. You became our father. Lord, we give you thanks and praise with every breath and all that we do. For your glory is magnificent. For your love is our salvation. May we ever find peace in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.